Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Lord, it feels wonderful in here today. Thank you, worship team, for leading us so ably into the presence of the Lord. It's a very important part of what we do. And you've responded. If you don't respond, he doesn't touch you. Because he's a perfect gentleman. Always. He waits for you to reach out first. Well, this is our last service together for this time. We saw Jesus heal. In the next few weeks, you're going to have testimonies. You're going to be able to share what God did last night. Amen. We've had two baptized in Jesus' name. Today is Holy Ghost Sunday. If you have never experienced the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, today is your day. And I would really encourage you not to close that thought out and not to say it may be another time. Not to make excuses. Because Jesus is coming. He's coming very, very soon. And we're not going to heaven if we've not done what Scripture tells us to do to prepare. It is that simple. And so today, I really feel a very strong urgency. And I want you to embrace that with me as the word goes forth. We often look around and think about somebody else. This is for them. This is for that one. Oh, I'm glad they're here. They need to hear that. Let's look at ourselves today. Just because you're dressed up, sitting in a pew, paying your tithes, doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Let's examine ourselves today. Can we do that in this beautiful presence of the Lord? I am going to turn first to the book of Acts, chapter 2, only because I'm going to recap. For those of you who were not here Friday night, Saturday, I'm going to help you to join in this continuance of revival for the weekend. So it's important that we do that. I want to set the stage for what I'm getting ready to read. You say, well, we know all of that, Sister Oliver. Always be aware that someone in your midst does not. So if it's old for you, look around and see who you can start praying for. Someone that needs this. Because what had just happened in the book of Acts was Jesus had come. He had died on the cross. He had resurrected. And he had gone away. His friends watched him go up into the sky. He said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And where I'm going, you're going to go. I'm going to come back and get you. But while I'm gone, I'm sending you a comforter. I won't be here with you. And so I want you to go to an upper room and wait for the promise. Those people did not look at each other and say, we have no idea what he's getting ready to do. I'm not going in that room. That's equivalent to say, I'm not going to that altar. I don't know what he's going to do. You don't have to understand it and have a Bible study to come and receive. They just obeyed. 
They went and they were waiting there. But not only were they waiting, they were doing what they knew to do, and that was to pray. The first chapter of Acts said they were praying. And as they were praying and waiting there, the day of Pentecost occurred. The Comforter was sent. The Bible says it was like a mighty rushing wind that filled the house where they were sitting. The cloven tongues like fire came upon each of them and they were all filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. When they were filled, they all spoke in another language. All different languages, or the Bible calls it tongues. When they went out of that room, people started asking questions. These people are staggering around, talking in weird sounds, other languages. They're laughing. They're acting like they are drunk. You'll find all of this in the Bible. They're drunk. No, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk. So what is this? And somebody real smart started asking questions. You'll be real smart today if you start asking yourself some questions in your mind. Am I ready to go? How can I have that? And there happened to be preacher in verse 38 his name was Peter Peter said unto them hey if you guys want this just repent be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you to your children to all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. The same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued, everybody say continued, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. They didn't stop living for God. Once they found this truth, they continued in it. Not just continued, but continued steadfastly, faithfully, unmovable, unshakable. This is it. And the message Friday night was get in the boat, stay in the boat. Stay. Don't get out of the church once you get in. One more scripture text. Bear with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Why do people get out of the boat? 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. You can get in. You can stay in. And today for your hearing, keep your hands in the boat. Turn your neighbor and just tell them that. Keep your hands in the boat. And you may be seated. Thank you, my friends, Brother and Sister Burke. Thank you for the nice place to stay. 
the goodies, the meals, the coffee, the great conversation. Thank you for being my friend. Today, as I minister to all of my friends out here, I want you to know my pastor knows I'm here. I'm gone about 48 weekends per year for the last 28 years. They give me visitor cards when I go home. Sincerely, a lot of people don't even know me because I'm never there. But my pastor knows at all times where I am. I have his permission. And today as I minister to you, I'm going to step into the great anointing of this pastor, this great man of God. If you will follow him, he'll get you all the way to heaven. I'm under your covering, pastor. Get in the boat, stay in the boat, but also keep your hands in the boat. Now I told you I was going to recap for you. So stay with me, all of you that were here Friday night. I have not gone senile. I realize I'm repeating. Okay? But people that are here need to know that this is a lifeboat. It is not just any lifeboat. It's a new lifeboat. The new lifeboat is the church. So this analogy applies that you must make up your mind, I'm going to save myself. When the aircraft carrier in the sky is going down, when the ship is sinking at sea, the soldier knows, I must get in the boat. This is a tragic thing. i got to get away from this evil wreckage, this evil world. I've got to be a part of the church. We're going to be rescued from the boat. He knows if I will get in the boat and I will stay in that boat, I am safe from the elements, the wind, the rain, the hot sun, the predators, and I will be rescued. The military knows where I am. There's a tracking device on my boat. They know where I am at all times. The signal's already gone out that I'm at sea. And they're on their way. That's how we live, friend of mine. There is a tracking device. It's called the Holy Ghost. It's called the blood of the Lamb. And when the world sees us, they don't understand that. Because we have gotten in the boat. We are trying to look around and see who else needs to get in. So, how do you get in? I think it's important that we understand how to be saved. There's only one way. You say, well, there's lots of ways, Sister Oliver. There's so many different churches. And my grandmother believed this way. And my, my auntie believed that way. And, and, well, and the televangelists, well, they say this way. And that does not make sense to believe there's more than one way. Is that kind, the kind of God we serve that's going to trick you? That you're going to be confused? He doesn't operate in confusion. And you say, well, how do I know that you're telling me the right way? Because everything I'm telling you, you can back up with the Word of God. And the second thing is your spirit will bear witness. What you have felt in here today is God saying you're in the right place. You're hearing the right words. You can base it on your feelings because your spirit bears witness. Got to get in the boat. There's only one way. Peter told them, you want, to, you want this experience? Bring your heart to God. The first thing he said, repent. Bring your heart to Jesus. When you pray, repent. What does that mean exactly? Well, we have a tainted idea of saying we're sorry. Because there's not one of us in the room has not said to someone, I'm sorry. And really on the inside, you were not. You're getting out of trouble. 
You've, you've said you're, you're sorry to your husband or your wife or your child or to your mommy. And, and you didn't really, I remember being a kid and first thing out of my mouth when I got caught was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't do it anymore, I'm sorry. And that reeked of, don't spank me, don't spank me, don't spank me. That was not genuine sorrow. That was not brokenness. Matter of fact, if I hadn't got caught, I probably would have done it again. And often we think when we come to the Lord that that's okay to say, I'm sorry, Lord, and then go right back to our addiction, right back to our sinful life, right back to the same thing we said we're sorry for. That is not repentance. Real repentance has brokenness with it and sorrow and and a mind to change. It starts right here. It's not all a heart issue. It starts here. I am going to change my ways. Hallelujah. You bring your heart to Jesus and you ask Him to forgive you. I'm so sorry, Jesus. Please forgive me. And I am going to stop doing this. I'm going to live for you. I'm not going to do this anymore. Our hearts all look like this when we come to God. But you and I are funny this way. You know, if I let you look in my heart and I look in your heart, we're real hard on each other. So we think God's like that. You mean you did all that? Why'd you, why'd you do that? No. He's not hard on us. Matter of fact, he doesn't even look in there. And the wonderful, beautiful thing is he's so fair and just that when we were born, a little tiny baby, before you said, your heart already looked like this. Because he started us all out fairly on the same page. So no one could say one sin is worse than another and I've sinned more than you or you've sinned more than me or you're worse than I am. And and the devil tries to make us feel like we're so dirty and we're so awful and nobody's as bad as we are and we'll never fit in here. And That's the accuser. You've got to learn to turn that voice off. The accuser of the brethren. He's a liar. Jesus doesn't even look in there. He loves you just the way you are. And all you have to do is confess your sins. He's faithful and just to forgive you. And the moment you do it, with no delay, it doesn't take a half an hour or four days, the moment you say you're sorry, with one sweep of His hand, He cleans all of that out. Hallelujah! I've done that for 28 years and I still feel the Holy Ghost every time I do it. I made a mess because sin makes a mess. It's what it looks like until you go to the water. The second part that Peter told them, repent and be baptized if you want to, however you want to. No, every one of you. Again, a fair God that requires the same thing of every one of us. You must go to the water and you must be immersed or go down under. And it must be said in Jesus' name. The same way for everybody. There is no option. If you have not been baptized in Jesus' name today, you are not ready to go to heaven. You are not in the boat. If you're not sure how you were baptized, you need to be rebaptized. You need to hear this pastor say, in Jesus' name. You need to do it quickly and don't delay. Do it today because Jesus is coming. And you shall. The Bible said you shall. Not maybe, not might, not just some people. Not it's just for them back then and not today. No, he made it clear. It would go down through the generations to as many as the Lord our God shall call for your children. Those are far off. He covered it all in that one scripture. 
you'll receive the gift. The gift of what? A brand new heart. The Bible says he takes away our old stony heart. And he gives us a brand new heart. See, the Holy Ghost just sticks to you. He fills you up. He moves in your heart and he fills you and fills you all the way up. But he doesn't stop there. He keeps filling and filling until the Holy Ghost gets right here. The Bible calls it rivers of living water. When he fills you all the way up to here, all of a sudden, strange words come to your mind. And the devil will say, don't say them, you're just a kid. The devil will tell you, you're going to do this wrong. The devil will tell you, it's not that easy. You couldn't be talking in tongues yet. It's a lot harder than that. He's a liar. It's a gift. It's not hard to open a gift. When the Holy Ghost gets right there, all you have to do is move your mouth. Use your lips, your teeth, your tongue, and speak out those sounds. You can't say them wrong. You don't have to sound like somebody that's praying for you. Everybody's tongues are different. And then, you're in the boat. You're in the church. You got a new beginning. A brand new life. You're ready to be rescued. You're not going to be rescued outside the boat. Once you get in, you've got to make up your mind. I'm in, I'm staying in. I've seen so many people get in and out and in and out of the boat. In and out of the church. They start seeing stuff out in the wicked waters of this world. And they decide, I want that. And they get out. But the beautiful thing is, a lot of people don't get out. They stay in. The devil wants us to focus on the ones that got out. But there are hundreds and thousands of people that are going to go right up from the boat. Every tribe, every nation. People are in the boat. Now, I'm going to do a little object lesson. I felt this before I left home. It's going to require somebody coming to the keyboard and playing scary bass notes. Like that movie Jaws we don't know anything about. And I was wondering if you would help me today. Atticus, could you come and help me with a little object lesson? Okay, come out this way. See... This little guy right here was baptized in Jesus' name last night. He had repented of his sins. He's making up his mind. I'm getting in the boat and I'm going to stay. I'm going to serve Jesus. And today when we lift him out of the boat and we give the altar call, I believe Jesus is going to fill him with the Holy Ghost today. Okay? So I want to do a little demonstration. This is his first message he's preaching. He's a little nervous. I'm not going to make you say anything, okay? You trust me? Say yes. Okay. All right, so what's going to happen? Dad, will you come and set him up in the boat for me? I want you to understand, I have done this demonstration hundreds of times, and every single time a little boy has sat in this boat. Turn him around the other way, because Grandma's going to want to take a picture over here, and that's just the way I always see him. Okay, are you comfortable? Say yes. Good. Because once you get in the church, you can relax. You're not out in the wicked waters of this world. You think the devil is tempting you? Oh, he tempted you way more when you were out there. So he's in the boat. And he's serving the Lord. He can sit back and relax. Even though life is not always great. And sometimes we just can't wait to be rescued. Sometimes it gets hard serving God. But one thing for sure, he is not treading water. He's in the church. He's going to have support. And he knows Jesus is coming. So, Atticus, you're always going to stay in the boat. You're going to stay in the church, aren't you? 
Yes. You're going to serve Jesus, aren't you? Yes. And that's a beautiful thing. You see, when you get on the boat, you want to make up your mind right then. No matter what comes, I'm staying in. I'm not going to backslide. I'm not getting out of the boat. I'm going to walk with the Lord. It's a made-up mind. I was on the boat one time out in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico. We were deep-sea fishing. It was a very big boat. I was standing over to the side. I've told you before that I am kind of uh, attention deficit (laughs) with hyperactivity. I had it before they knew what it was. (laughs) There's no pills. And so taking me out on a boat in the middle of the ocean was probably not even a good idea. The adults were all fishing. I was bored. And so I was constantly being told, sit down. Sit down. The boat would rock. There were very high waves out there. Even on a calm day, the waves would get very high. And and so I was always leaning over the side. I was always looking for the big loggerhead turtles that would go by. So many things you would see just looking over the side. And there I was, leaning over the side of the boat, when the boat took a big wave on and flop, I went out into the ocean. I had a life jacket on, but I went under. I came back up with my life flashing before my young eyes. My lungs full of salt water. You haven't lived till you've experienced that. With fish guts and seaweed and the ocean is very dirty. And when I came up, what I experienced was so frightening. Because what happened was, they pulled up anchor and started the engine. And they said, we finally got rid of her. And they took off. That didn't really happen. Now, what I saw when I came up was I saw a round life preserver. A man had already jumped in the water. There were hands over the side, many, many hands. What I saw was nobody wanted me to get out of the boat. Everybody wanted me in the boat. What I saw was care and concern and love. And in this last hour, the backslider is coming home. And we're going to have the life preserver out Our hands reaching over the side. We're going to be kind. We're going to be looking for them. This is the last hour before Jesus comes. And we're going to see them coming home. They lifted me. My boat is going flat. Did you pull the plug? Where is the plug? Well, there's a first for everything. Okay. Let me see. All right. Well... Just don't squish it anymore, okay? Because the plug disappeared. (laughs) I love making memories. I could tell you so many funny stories about that boat. Just sit still, okay? Don't move. In Jesus' name. They brought me up on the boat and they set me on a seat and, and, and all of a sudden everybody on that boat ran... To the other end. 
I'm sitting on the seat all by myself. The, the, the seaweed is in my hair and the fish guts are all over my clothes and I'm soaked with nasty, dirty water and I stink and I reek of what was out there in the ocean and, and, and all of a sudden I notice nobody's talking to me and everybody got as far away from me as they could and they said, you stink! Why in the world did you do that? Why did you fall out of the boat? You don't ever listen, do you? That was real dumb. They didn't do that. They got a warm towel and they put it around my shoulders and they sat with me on that seat and they embraced me and they wiped off my face and they picked the seaweed out of my hair and they got me dry clothes and they said, baby, you frightened us. You scared us when you got out of the boat. You you scared us to death. We're so glad you're back here. We're so glad you're safe. We're trying to tell people what to do as soon as they get back in. Just love them. Unconditional love. We're so glad you're here. So glad you're back in. I got back in immediately. Immediately. I didn't stay out there in the water. You find yourself out of the boat, get back in. Now, what's going to happen to this young man is he is never, ever going to get out of the boat, are you? Are you ever going to get out of the boat? Say no. Okay. But we're going to do a little demonstration. Daddy, will you come and get him? Because what's going to happen? Atticus is going to grow up. And he's going to have car keys in his pocket. And his mommy's not going to tell him what to wear to church anymore. And he's not going to be living in mom and daddy's house. He's going to be grown up. And he's going to have a car in the driveway. A really nice sports car. And a beautiful girlfriend. And he's going to have a job. And the enemy of his soul is going to say, you miss some stuff out there in the world. And God forbid if he would ever get out of the boat. He's promised me he won't. But a lot of people do. But I want you to remember this analogy because you're out of the boat now. So you can't relax. You can't just stand there smiling. Now you've got to move your arms. Can you move your arms like you're swimming? Okay, keep doing that. Don't stop till I tell you. Just stand right there and do it and smile. But you don't have to smile because when you're out of the boat, you don't smile. You see, he's just right outside the boat now. All he has to do is turn around and there will be all of those hands. But the problem is when you get out of the boat and you swim, you don't stay in the same place. So if you're out of the boat today, get back in today. Because the longer you stay out, the farther away you swim. And as you are swimming away from the boat, there's an enemy. Now here he is, far away from the boat. He could still swim. He could still get back. Someone will come and get him. Jesus will move the boat to come and get you. He left the 99. But you have to want to get back in. So the church should pray and intercede that they'll want to get back in. Here he is swimming and swimming and his arms are tired and he's not thinking about getting back in. And I got to tell you that there is an enemy. I was on the boat one day and we had fished all day 
with little handfuls and caught one fish after another, yellowtails and grunts. They put them in a cooler and the next day they brought them on the boat because we were going deep sea fishing for big fish. I stood on the side of the boat with the first mate and he was chopping up pieces of those fish. Those fish we caught the day before, he's chopping them. He's throwing them over the side. Many, many of them. The water is turning red. I said, what are you doing? Why, why are you throwing all of our fish over the side? Why are you chopping them up like that? He said, go sit down. I said, but why is the water turning red? Why, why are you doing that? He said, I want you to go sit down. About that time, a fin popped up. I watched that fin. It circled completely our boat. I could turn around and watch it over and over. He wanted me to sit down because the enemy was nigh. You see, the shark, the enemy of the sea, lives down in the dark places where old ships have sunk. In the wrecks and ruins. You go deep sea fishing for shark. You go out in the deep. Because there are so many thousands of feet down under in the wrecks and ruins. They are in the dark places. But one thing will bring them to the surface. The blood. That old shark. What's that? Smell the blood. Brings him right to the surface. And the enemy of our soul, Satan, is attracted by the blood. He's not worried about the prostitute, the crack dealer, all of these other sinful people. He's already got them. But you let one of our babies get out of the boat, he smells the blood. That's a trophy right there. That little boy went down in Jesus' name last night. All of hell is watching. This is what happens. He's covered by the blood. It brings the enemy of our soul to the surface. And so there's the enemy circling. Now, I want you to come. You're a party animal. Come on. I want you to make a fin for me. I want you to bend down like an evil shark. And I want you to come around here and begin to circle him. Sharks don't laugh. Circle him. Oh, yeah. You see him going around. Yeah, show your teeth. Make a little wider circle. Make a little wider circle. Because this is what I want you to see. He's swimming. He's not going anywhere. He's treading water. He's barely making it in life. He's, he's, He's doing things he shouldn't be doing. And the enemy knows it. And the enemy wants dinner. He wants to come in for the kill. But what I want this church to see today, what we talked about on Friday night, the power of intercession. You see what's happening here. There's enough room for me to come right here, right here, while he's circling him, while the enemy's circling him. Why? Because the Bible talks about the hedge. There's a hedge of protection. Mom and daddy, grandma and grandpa, the church body. There's intercession going on. He doesn't even know it. He's being held in a hedge. And the enemy of his soul wants him. He smells the blood and he's going around in a circle but he cannot go in for the kill 
Don't ever let the hedge down. This baby right here is going to need the hedge. Thank you. You can be seated. Let's give him a hand. He preached his first message. I'm talking about getting in the boat, staying in the boat, making up your mind. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be rescued from the boat. If I get out, if I fail God, I'm going to get right back in. I'm not going to think twice about it. I'm not going to wait another Sunday. If I find myself out, I'm going to get in. The life preserver will be there. The hands will be over the side. Somebody will help me. Don't be afraid to ask for help. i got a problem. I need help. We're supposed to bear one another's burdens. you got an addiction. Don't keep it a secret. Go to your pastor. Pastor, I'm out of the boat. I need help. I keep getting in and out. I want to give up this addiction. i got to have help. You'll find the life preserver. You'll find the warm towel. You'll find hands over the side. And you'll find the hedge. Church, don't stop interceding. What we did the other night, this has to continue. We cannot win our world. We can't win our backslider. We can't disciple people without the hedge, without intercessory prayer. That's what the hedge is. Make up your mind, I'm getting in. I'm going to stay in. And I'm going to keep my hands in. See, a lot of people think, well, as long as I'm in the boat, it's okay if I just reach over the side. A lot of people live like that. Well, I've never backslidden. In your heart you have, because your hand's over the side. What's in the water does not belong in the boat. The water itself, called the world, does not belong in the boat. It will sink the boat. Churches that are filled with sinful activity do not have revival. And eventually they die. Because the water will sink that boat. And so we have to have our hands in the boat. It says in Timothy to lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. We should not be worried about lifting up our hands and worshiping the Lord because they should be holy hands. If they're not, get them holy. Whatever it takes. Fasting. Prayer, counsel, but get them holy. The secret sin won't work. You'll be revealed. It'll come out. And I hope it's not too late. Confess it before it's found out. I was on the boat, and I was being myself, and I saw something. It was in the distance. It was a blue bubble. It was floating in the distance on the surface of the water and the sun was hitting and it was sparkling and it's the most beautiful shade of blue I had ever seen. And I got my eye on it. I remember looking on the top deck of that boat. It was a large boat. There were 21 people on the boat that day. And my mom and dad were on that boat and family and I began to look around and nobody was watching. It's what you do when no one's watching. It's so serious. Oh, we're all real well behaved when people are watching. I looked to see. No no one was watching. Because I want that. I sure hope it comes close enough that I can get it. It might be a toy from a Happy Meal I don't have. I want it. I didn't even know what it was. You know, when you enter into a sinful life, you don't even know what it will do. You don't know what the consequences are. You just want it. Looks like it's fun. Sin is very fun for a very short while. 
There it was. It was coming. Every wave was bringing it closer. Oh, there is no temptation that's not already known to man. Oh, it's going to come close to the boat. Whatever you can be tempted with, the devil is going to make sure it comes close to your boat. There it was. I'm still looking around. I mean, my heart is beating fast. I can't wait for it to get there because I'm going to reach over with my, my little hand and I'm going to bring that on the boat. I'm going to say, look what I got. Everybody's going to go, wow. I had my hand in a little cup and I, I planned it out real good because remember I'd already fallen out of the boat. So I got down on my knees. If I get down on my knees and see how far I can reach, I won't fall in. See, a lot of people live like that. You think you come to church and you cry and pray a little bit and you can talk in tongues. So I'm okay. I'm in the boat. I, I could talk in tongues. Don't ever gauge your spirituality by your ability to talk in tongues. Once the Lord gives you the Holy Ghost, He does not take it away. And you could talk in tongues all day and all night and still not be ready for heaven. I was on my knees. Surely if you're on your knees, you're not going to fall in. You're okay. No, I have my hand outside the boat. The very next wave, it was going to be mine. I reached way, way over. I looked around one more time. My heart was beating real fast. And just as my little hand came down, I had a little cup made. And just as my hand reached down for that blue bubble, a man on the top deck of that boat saw me with my hand outside the boat. And you know what? He was not worried about being politically correct. Oh, well, if I yell, it will hurt her feelings. and I will be a bully. And I really should ask her parents' permission to speak with her. Because I sure wouldn't want to offend her. Or just let her do it. Let her find out for herself. People should just be able to do whatever they want. Don't let that stuff in the church and in your life. That's worldly thinking. Oh no, no political correctness that day. Because when he saw a little girl with her hand over the side of the boat, he said, Aren't you glad I moved the mic? He came down those steps, that ladder, two at a time. When his feet hit that deck of that boat, he ran over to me. And just in time, I was frightened out of picking it up. I turned to look at him, and the very next wave took it away. The Bible said there's always a way of escape. If you'll just start resisting that temptation and keep your hand in the boat and make up your mind, I'm not doing it anymore, the very next wave takes it away. And after a while, the devil will realize you're never going to do it again and he won't even bring it near the boat. You'll be delivered. He grabbed me by my shoulders. Every eye on that boat was on a little girl with her hand outside the boat. He grabbed my shoulders and when he did, I said, Why did you yell at me? I wanted that. I was going to get it. I almost got it. Oh yeah, people get mad when pastor says, don't touch that. Don't date that boy. Don't go to that function. 
You shouldn't be doing, oh, people get mad. Years ago, people revered their pastors, obeyed their pastors. I'm still just kind of old school like that because the Bible's old school like that. Don't make the man of God afraid to speak with you about your hand outside the boat. You say, thank God for a man who will tell me like it is, who will preach it straight, who will talk to me when I'm wrong. Some of you probably need to go to your pastor and say, Pastor, I don't think I've ever told you this, but I submit to you. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. I'm not looking for somebody else to lead me. I want you to lead me, Pastor Burke. I'm going to follow you. He's going to give an account for your soul. How can He account for your soul when you won't let Him pastor you? This church will never have revival until everybody in this building belongs to this man. He's your, you're his saint and he's your pastor. You're his sheep. And if I may add, the reason why this church has not had the revival that Jesus wants to give you is because of stiff necked people. Boy, that's harsh, Sister Oliver. I am here to exhort and rebuke. I'm going home today. You won't have to hear me for a while. But I'm telling you like it is. We must come under authority. You're not going to make it to heaven by yourself. Submission is key. It is important. And people that just come and go as they please, they're not faithful and they don't ever line up and they hop around this church and that church, they're not submitted. And if that's you, fix it. You think I'm just... Standing up here doing some little protocol when I say my pastor knows where I am. The first of every year I have dinner with he and his wife and I lay my itinerary on that dinner table and the tears roll down my cheeks. I've done this for 28 years. And I say, Pastor, I submit myself to you. I need you to watch for my soul. If I say something I shouldn't say, if you see me doing something I shouldn't do, if I get out of line, please tell me. I want to make heaven... You have to want to make heaven before you want to preach. Before you want notoriety and before you want a pulpit, before you want anything else, you have to understand submission is the most important thing. That's what will get me to heaven. That's what will keep me in the boat. God's convicting folks today. It's a warning. You better come up under authority. He grabbed me by my shoulders. You come and play softly, give him some hope. He said, Little girl, you didn't even know what that was. Why would you put your hand over the side of the boat and pick up something in the ocean that you didn't even know what it was? He said, That was a Portuguese man of war. It's a type of jellyfish. But as far out as we are in the ocean, three hours out, no land in sight. The type that it is. You see the beautiful blue bubble on the top of the water? But underneath the tentacles can be a hundred feet long. Ugly. Venomous. That's what sin looks like. The beautiful blue bubble. The fun. The high. 
the adrenaline rush, the sex, the alcohol, the drugs, the porn, fleeting, the beautiful blue bubble. But the tentacles that hang under the water, something you don't want to mess with. He said, let me tell you what would have happened. You would have reached down and grabbed it. And it would have flipped those tentacles up around your hand. Because the way it eats, it paralyzes its prey. Your hand would have become paralyzed. No feeling in your hand. We would have laid you on the floor of this boat. We would have pulled that grotesque, venomous creature off of your hand. We'd thrown it over the side. We would have turned this boat toward home. But we're three hours from the nearest hospital. And you see, that poison that paralyzed your hand would have a perfect pathway. Before we could get you back, it would have traveled from your hand in your bloodstream directly to your heart. He said, little girl, you would have died. That's how sin works. Having consciences seared with a hot iron. After a while, you don't even know it's wrong. No one can tell you that it's wrong. Your mind is warped. You could be sitting on the boat and sitting in a service like this and not even be convicted. Because the Spirit of the Lord can no longer get to you. When lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. When sin is finished, it brings forth death. Death of a marriage. Death of reputation. Death of a ministry. Death of a family life, a home, of a union. I've watched that kind of death. I know what I'm talking about. All because somebody said, Hmm, I can be in the boat and nobody will know. If I just look right and dress right and say all the right things. And I can continue in my pleasure. Only for a while. I'm thankful that the man of God was there that day. The protector. I'm so thankful the very next wave took it away. I learned to keep my hands in the boat. I've learned that I must separate myself from the world. Figure out what it is that passes by the boat that you constantly do. Are you addicted to gaming? To gambling? Can't leave your cell phone alone a second? You're addicted to the internet? To social media? 
You have a secret porn addiction. Using alcohol by times, drugs. Prescription drugs when you don't need them. What is it? Are you just a liar? A gossip. We want to name all the big sins. What about sowing discord among brethren? What about talking about one another? What about being greedy? None of those things will enter in. We've got to not only get in. We've got to stay in. And we've got to keep our hands in. See, he's coming back. That soldier is on that lifeboat. He doesn't know how long he'll have to wait. But he keeps watching the sky. He tries not to sleep. That's the worst thing to do. Don't fall asleep watching. Jesus says he's coming back for those who are watching for his appearing. No, that, that soldier keeps watching because I signed up for this and they know where I am. It's a tracking device on me. And maybe he gets so weary before he finally hears it. Long before he sees it, he hears it. There's a rumbling in the sky. It's off in the distance. Church, can you hear it? I hear it. Jesus is coming. There's a rumbling. Finally, that helicopter breaks through the clouds, hovering overhead, lets down a rope and harness. He fastens himself in, and that rope takes him away to safety, takes him home. He's so glad at that moment that I didn't get out and try to swim, that I stayed in the boat, that I was faithful, that I was watching the sky, that I trusted and knew that they would come and get me, that I signed that contract and I belong. Somebody needs to sign a contract with Jesus. I trust you, Lord. I believe your word. I'm waiting for you to come get me and rescue me. I'd like for you to stand to your feet. We don't have much time. Jesus is coming. I'm going to ask those of you who have never spoken with tongues before. You do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I would like for you to come and sit on this front row. Can you help me by cleaning off that front row for me? You have never spoken in tongues before. Come and sit on the front row. They were sitting in that upper room. Oftentimes we make this too difficult for people. We make it scary. Look at all these children. Okay, somebody that loves children, come along and take away all the toys and pens and gum. And Thank you. All right. Are there any adults in this building that have never spoken with tongues before? If you know somebody sitting around you that does not have the Holy Ghost, invite them to come. 
Okay, now children, look at my face. Spread out. All the way to the end. There should be space between each one of you. This little boy right here wants the Holy Ghost. There you go. Now, this is what we're going to do. Church, I need you to get as much faith going on as you have. Okay, stand up to your feet because this is, this is not going to work. I can see this. Put your hands on your hips. Are you touching somebody? Take a giant step forward and get away from them. You come down here, away from brother. There we go. You come up here. You move over here. You come up here. All right, stay right where, where I put you and look at me. And don't take your eyes off me. Put your hands down. Now, let me tell you how this is going to work. You want to go to heaven, don't you? And you're not going with a dirty heart. You're not going to heaven without the Holy Ghost. And when Jesus fills you with the Holy Ghost, remember He's going to fill your heart all the way up to here like Kool-Aid in a glass. Stand still, please. And when it gets right here, if you fill a glass all the way to the top and you keep pouring, your mom's going to get mad because Kool-Aid's going to spill over the side of the glass and go all over the counter. But Jesus doesn't get mad he loves you and he wants that Holy Ghost to fill you all the way up to here like that glass and you're going to open your mouth and the Bible calls it rivers of living water what that means is something's going to come out of your mouth you're going to stop saying I love you Jesus and hallelujah you're going to stop saying words you know and you're going to start saying funny strange words you've never said before like Spanish or French or German words that you hear strange people people are talking in strange languages it's going to sound like that only you can't do it wrong you don't have to sound like anybody else you're not going to sound like the person next to you you don't have to sound like mom or dad Jesus said he wanted to fill every control yourself every one of you he wants to fill every one of you keep looking at me but he won't move in a dirty heart. So church, with me right now, will you close your eyes all over this building? Children, close your eyes. Don't pray too loud yet. I'll tell you when, church. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. If you can't close your eyes, that's the first step that's important. Close your eyes. Keep them closed. With your eyes closed, I want you to think about Jesus on that cross. I want you to get a picture in your mind. They whipped him and whipped him. And the blood was running down in his face. They put a sword in his side. They put nails in his hands and in his feet. He did that for you. He saw this Sunday morning when he was going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He loves you so much. The second step is to lift your face. Because the devil wants you to hang your head down and be ashamed. But you lift your face. Don't let your eyes open. Keep your eyes closed. You're doing so great. Keep your head up and your eyes closed. The third step is to raise your hands. 
We raise our hands because Jesus raised his hands on the cross. He didn't say, no, I'm not going to raise my hands. I'm not dying on the cross. He lifted his hands willingly. Lift your hands. Very good. Until you reach out to him, he won't touch you. Raise them high. The boys are doing much better than the girls. Raise them high. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. I bind confusion and distraction. Loose peace right now. I bind the spirit of fear and I lose faith. I bind doubt and unbelief and I lose truth. I thank you, Lord, for these children. For the start that they are making today for you. The last step is to use your voice. I want you to repeat after me first. Let's do it all over the building with the children. Dear Jesus, I love you. I'm so glad that you love me. Please clean out my heart. I want to make heaven. I don't want to go down with the devil. I want to live for you. I receive it today. Your gift. The gift of the Holy Ghost. And I thank you for it. Church, stretch out your hands as the children begin to pray. Children, pray all by yourself now. Cry out to God. Let the tears roll down your cheeks. That's right. If there's tears there, don't hold them back. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I need ministry to come in. Every child needs one person praying for them right now. Take one child and focus on that child. In the name of Jesus, singers, will you come? In the name of Jesus. Church, I need some intercession. Remember Friday night? Come on, I need some people standing in the gap. Do not. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
Before your presence came and came 